Last year, I interviewed Ben Ford Davies prior to him leaving for Memphis to compete in the International Blues Challenge. Ben had been the winner of the solo slash duo category of the Adelaide Roots and Blues Association's Memphis Blues Challenge competition uh, the previous year in 2018. Now, this won him the right to um, represent ARBA, or the Adelaide Roots and Blues Association, at the International Blues Challenge, which is held in Memphis the following year, every January. The interview commences with Ben answering my first question, which is, who is Ben Ford Davies? I will let you know when I meet him. Uh He is, I like to think, an ever-evolving being, Uh, someone who's constantly trying to improve, at least, uh, God knows he couldn't have got much worse than what I was like 20 years ago. Um, somebody that cares about stuff. <laughs> I guess. Um, very passionate uh, about, obviously, music, um, but people as well. And I, I, I think one of the reasons that I, I got into music in the first place was so that, um, in the hope that it would bring people together, and that's one of my main motivations for choosing music as a career. It certainly wasn't the money. No, it wouldn't be that at all, would it? No. <laughs> okay, Ben, so what um, inspired you to enter the Memphis Blues Challenge that was held last year down at the Semaphore Workers' Club? Uh, well, actually, I was in a... Uh, I was in a bit of a funk in my life, and not in a cool slime stone kind of way. Uh, and I was just—I was looking for something different, and I was asking the universe to present something, and that I was ready for change. And uh, Mick Young from um, the Australian Roots and Blues Association, uh, out of the blue, approached me and asked me to come and play at a blues festival, uh, which was really odd for me because I hadn't played blues in properly in 20 years, even though I started playing blues when I, when I first was learning music, um, I had never really sort of used it in any career fashion at all, And but I, it, it was always something that was in my heart and always something I felt really connected with, and I was really uh, appreciative of the fact that... Uh, someone had recognised some, some blues in, in what I was doing. And so I played this festival, it was great, and then Mick um, also suggested that I come and audition for the Memphis Blues Challenge. Uh, not audition, but um, go through the, the heats and the finals to, to possibly have the privilege of uh, representing Australia in some fashion in Memphis playing blues music, and that's that's when it dawned on me that this was the universe re- responding to uh, 
my plea of something different. And the funny thing was, it, it, it wasn't something different as such because I'd, uh, because it was already in my blood, but it was a return home, in a sense, to where it all started for me, and possibly where I could have continued had I not wanted to make uh, a career out of music, um, because as I'm sure that everybody is well aware, uh, there's no money in blues music. <laughs> There's a whole lot of soul, and everyone wants to do it, but to make a living out of uh, was was quite difficult. And um, I was just I was very grateful that uh, Mick Young had seen this in me and uh, introduced me to the whole Arbor organisation in Adelaide here because it's 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 really renewed my passion for for music and uh, to a certain degree a belief in myself as well. I really feel like I can. I can do justice to this, to this genre. So Ben, how did you choose the songs that you were to perform at the Memphis Blues Challenge? There was really only one thought for the songs that I was going to choose, and that was th things that I grew up with, things that inspired me to start with, um, things that I'd written either by myself or with my, with my father. He was also a blues man. Um, far better blues man than me. Uh, but when I was choosing the songs, it, it occurred to me very quickly that I needed to pick things that were very close to my heart if I was going to do this genre any justice at all. Um, I really needed to reconnect with the things that I really believe about music and um, who I want to represent if you're talking about who Ben Ford Davies is. <laughs> okay, so if you had to um, start from scratch again, what would you change? About... The competition. Oh, about the competition? Nothing, I won. <laughs> exactly. Why would you want to change? Great answer, Ben. Um, no, nothing. I, I don't think I've uh, felt that comfortable on stage for many years. Um, I had a lot of fun, and people talk. When, when people say to you, you know, when you're going to go perform, whether it's you know theatre or music or, or whatever involves putting yourself out there on a stage per se, uh, they say, you know, make sure you have fun, and that's all I did through the entire competition. And uh, whether it was performing, whether it was listening to other musicians, or just being immersed in that uh, wonderful atmosphere that the Arbor organisation creates. It, it really draws wonderfully like-minded people together um, who, who are just there for the music. And uh, as someone who's worked in a lot of pubs for a lot of years, um, where there's big television screens and pokey rooms and all that sort of thing, I kind of forgotten that there were places like that. And so it was really refreshing to, to, to have all of that. I wouldn't change a thing. Having competed, um, do you have any tips for anybody that's considering perhaps entering the uh, Blues Challenge this year? Stay true. Um, if, if there's a song that you really love and you really feel like you can with and somebody tells you for whatever reason not to do it, ignore them. You, you've got to do what is in your heart. It's the only way you can approach blues music. It, it is such a soulful thing. It's, that's the only way. That, that's the only piece of advice I would give is 
be true to you. How did you feel about your performance? Feeling was fantastic. Um, I think for one of the first times in a long time, I wasn't um, being particularly analytical about my performance. I was just going with it and loving it. I think for, for, for many years, <clears throat> having played a lot of cover circuits and stuff, I, I, I became quite disenchanted with the whole music industry and the idea of music in, in uh, particularly Australians' eyes and how they undervalue music as a commodity. <clears throat> what was the question? <laughs> I think you've answered it. It's all good. Okay. Were you surprised to win? Very. Um, very surprised. Uh, a, co a competition is something that is... It's very difficult because you can't... In the artistic world, you can't really do comparisons, even if you're in the same genre like like blues, you know, where everything can run the risk of sounding samey. Um, everyone's got their own twist, everyone's got their own um, personality that they bring to it. Uh, so I really didn't have any, I, I had no idea how the judges were, were judging, for example. I was just up there doing the best that, uh, that, I, that I could. And and also being very fresh to um, the Australian Roots and Blues Association, I kind of thought in the back of my mind that there would be some bias towards people who have been in the um, affiliated with, with ARBA for much longer to have, maybe it's their turn, their time to go to Memphis and do all this sort of thing. So I had no expectations of winning whatsoever and I was quite shocked. And, um, elated, and it still hasn't really quite something. Has the, um, the reality of actually going to Memphis in a couple of weeks, does it, does it feel real yet? No. No, it certainly does not. And it's probably not going to feel real until I step onto Beale Street. It's, it's such a, a musician's mecca. You know, the, the idea of going there is, is still a fantasy to me. I can't. I think that if I, if I allow myself to get too excited about it just yet, I'm going to get way too nervous and I probably won't be able to get out of the dressing room and onto stage. Um, I think part of that's holding me back from, from letting it sink in, but it was always my dream when I was younger that if I got good enough at music, that it would take me around the world. And uh, I never had uh, money or inclination to travel, even though I always wanted to see other places and other countries. The, uh, the idea always stuck with me that if you get good enough, then the music will take you to these places. And it is, and, and I'm still reeling about that. You know, it, it's funny, you sort of spend all this time working towards that and, and, it, and it never happening. And I think part of me sort of gave up on it a little bit, uh, that, that, uh, that that was ever going to happen for me, but it is. And it's just... It just is. <laughs> it 
Ocean Arbor, the Adelaide Roots and Blues Association, how supportive have they been in your preparation to going to Memphis? Immeasurably. Um, the level of professionalism of that uh, organisation, um, Adelaide Blues Association, I mean, like, <laughs> you hardly associate the words Adelaide and blues in the first place. And so you think that, you know, probably the organisation would be a, a, a little dinky run, run by, you know, too many chiefs, but it's just not the case. They are so organised and so helpful and so available. Mick Young, for example, will, he'll be texting you back before you've even finished texting the question that you had in the first place. He's there for you, has all the answers, itemises everything so there's no mistaking anything. I mean, you try and get that service out of Apple. You try and get someone on the phone from Apple. Forget about it. Mick Young, you're the man. He should be running Apple, maybe. Yes. He should be running the world. <laughs> we won't tell him that. <laughs> Your dad is a musician. How has he influenced your career? Oh, growing, growing up, um, there was always music around the house, whether it was from the band room that he, when he was in, you know, doing, doing his own bands, or whether he was just belting out Doobie Brothers or Steely Dan, you know, all uh, incredible musicians um, with a wealth of information. Uh, and he taught me, he basically taught me how to listen to music properly. Um, effectively how to teach myself as we tried the teaching thing where he, he was teaching me and, and usual father-son problems I told you to do this and you're like I was doing that no you weren't and eventually it sort of escalated to um, uh, biblical proportions where yeah there, there could have been blood but uh, it, eventually after one heated argument he came down to um, my room and said, right, I'm going to teach you how to teach yourself. And one of his methods was to teach me how to listen to music properly, how to break it all down and put it all back together uh, so you can not only hear the quality of the musicianship that's gone in, but the uh, the construction thereof. And uh, and through that um, I, I couldn't have I couldn't have become whatever I am uh, without that information, but for for example, my dad is is absolutely one of my favourite songwriters, and that's without the bias. I spent many years wondering whether there was a lot of bias in there, but no, there isn't. He has a wonderful uh, turn of phrase. He has a wonderful way with words, and he also has a wonderful delivery. His uh, his phrasing is amazing. I try and do some of his songs sometimes, and I can't I can't do it because his phrasing is just so how it's meant to be. I don't know. But um, he's been very, very influential in my musical upbringing. Uh, not least of the factors being him being so encouraging. You know, always, always, you know. I want to play the drums, for example. Sure, let's get you a drum kit. Bam. Most parents would be going, no way. We're not having drums in the house. Not a chance. Have you considered the tin whistle? Um, but no, anything I wanted to try, they let me try violin. Uh, another one of those like, uh, instruments that parents, you know, cringe at. But no, no, he said everything, anything you want, let's let's do it. And eventually, I settled on guitar. And uh, it wasn't until a little bit later on, 
um, when I thought I was a guitar player, that everyone started talking about my voice, and I had no idea. I, I thought my voice was a backup for my guitar playing, and uh, it turns out now that it's probably, as people tell me, one of my greatest assets, I guess. And I wouldn't have been able to do any of this if I wasn't able to constantly annoy my family with noise. So I thank them for that. Now, I know that you um, performed a couple of songs that your dad actually wrote. How did you choose which ones to, to do? I mean, he's obviously written quite a few over the years. Mm. Well, not as many as you would think, because it, like myself, uh, we're not overly prolific. We take a long time to, uh, to hone a song. It takes a long time for us to be able to say, it's ready for public consumption, if you like. Um, I think, yeah, the way that I chose the songs were probably the ones that resonated most with me and the ones that were closest to a more... Uh, traditional style of blues because that's what what I really like to listen to for example good proper Delta style blues and so of his songs there, there are a few in there that uh, had really nice you know groove orientated finger-picking style things that um, I thought I might be able to do justice uh, but again it all has to, it all comes down to the song has to resonate with you and Probably the, the songs that I chose of his to do are ones that I've known since I was five years old. And uh, so I feel like they're as much a part of me as any of the old, you know, Robert Johnson or Booker White or Howling Wolf or Muddy Waters, whatever I used to listen to. They're, they're right in there with all of that. So um, I felt like in keeping with traditional style of music, that they were the right ones a little bit about your writing process I mean what inspires your songs that is a difficult one because uh, everyone finds their inspiration in different places uh, sometimes it starts with a lyric which can come from a conversation a book or it can just pop into your head sometimes it comes from a, a musical idea um, it could be the sound of uh, pumping machinery or, or a train bell or a wind in the trees, it, anything can trigger uh, a sound. But I think the most, the most important thing to do when you get that flash of inspiration is to grab it and go with it, stop whatever you're doing and just sit with that idea and flesh it out until, until it tells you that there, it, it needs a bit more time to breathe now, let it go for a, for a day half day, whatever it takes, and then come back to it. And I think one of the more important parts of songwriting is to, to know when it's time to relinquish control and to let the song tell you what it wants you to do with it at that point. Um, because as much as a lot of people believe that songwriting is a, it's, a, it's mine, you know, I made that song. Um, I feel it's it's a lot more uh, symbiotic. You're working with what I call the universe, for example. I, I, I don't know what what it actually is. Um, it's not tangible, that's for sure. But I feel like you do have to sit back sometimes and 
and let the song write itself to a, to a degree. Um, and you have to not be so precious about the way you want it to go because I've done that before and the song always comes out rubbish. It is. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, that's how I feel about that. <laughs> Tell us something about you that others would be surprised to learn. Um, I'm a geek. I like Star Wars. Only the first three. Um, I think amongst geeks there's no disputing that. Um, I love comic books. Which ones? Mostly Marvel. Um... Who's your favourite character? And I like them way before the movies. Yes. Who's your favourite character? The Silver Surfer. Ooh, nice. Yes. He has the power cosmic. He can he can really mess stuff up. He, I saw in a comic once, he really messed the Hulk up. Now, what other character can say that? Exactly. Okay, Ben, so um, do you have a message for everyone here? back in Adelaide, who's been uh, following your progress and looking forward to seeing how you guys will go over in uh, Memphis at the International Blues Challenge. Absolutely. I, I really just want to say thank you. Um, I never expected to be here. And uh, if it wasn't for the uh, Australian Roots and Blues Association and, uh, and the people affiliated and the, and the passion and the support that they constantly give uh, to what otherwise would be a very thankless job, I think. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have this opportunity, and it's. I am very humbled, and I'm very grateful, and to all the people that have helped fundraise as well. Um, there is no way this would be possible without without people, you know, putting into the putting their hands in their pockets a little bit as well. And I really hope that I can pass that forward at some stage, um, maybe next year, you know, when. Um, Am I allowed to join? Am I allowed to go and try out for this again next year? <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and thank you very much for for talking to me and, and listening to the ramblings of a kid with a crazy dream. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I love banded about. Ben went on to make it past the first round, but unfortunately he didn't get through the semi-finals to make it to the grand final. We were all very proud of Ben's performance. He went as far as our 2016 band representatives did, which was Kings and Associates. Um, so that's a really fabulous effort. Unfortunately, this year I'm not joining the musicians that are going across to Memphis, so I'll have to sit back and wait for the updates to be sent from Memphis and placed up onto the Adelaide Roots and Blues Association Facebook page like everybody else. I'd like to wish both the acts, Tin Can Alley and Holler and the Bones, the best of luck, and I look forward to watching the live streams of their performances. That's it from me today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and feel free to send me a message if you've got any suggestions or ideas for future interviews. I'm Di, and you've been listening to Bandit About. Proudly supporting live music. Bye. Used to be lovers. Used to be friends. Somewhere along the line.
drove me round the bend. You're an old song, baby. Keeps on coming back. Yeah, an old song, baby. Keeps on coming back.